Hello everyone, it has been a long while, but we are back, Two Girls One Film is back, um, and better than ever. It's been a while, we've had a bit Mm. of a hiatus, but it's been good for us, it's been nourishing, and so yeah, I'm your host, Lindsay. And I am your other host, Annabelle. And we're back! Yes! Yeah, why don't we just start it off and get into a little intro situation. What's been going on with you? What's your life like? Um, well, I have finished my high school education. I've graduated. Oh, yes. Congratulations. In England. Thanks. Yeah, that's over for me. Um, it's kind of numb, though, because I haven't had the whole same experience of, you know, Finishing and then having this huge celebration and then, you know, being able to return home because I'm stuck in England um, over the holidays. But I think it's better because I don't want it to be something that is something huge or something that is like all consuming and rather it to be sort of more peaceful and neutral, which is what I am experiencing now. So I'm not mad at it. Um, just taking everything slowly and one day at a time. Yeah. I love that. I feel like people make the end of high school to be such a huge milestone. And I get it. I get it. But also, for me, I think I'm... It's just too stressful. Yeah. I'm more looking forward to going to college itself. Like, the transition into the process. I'm very optimistic about my future college. Even though I still have a year left of high school yes i'm actually so i'm like i'm really frustrated with it at this point because i feel over it i've had almost two years of zoom school and Mm. i feel super disconnected from my school and i really don't care for it at all Mm -hmm. anymore yeah because you know that's just it it just hasn't been a part of my life for a while and obviously i want to see the people there but in general, I think I've just realized, like, it's, high school just really isn't it. And, mm. you know, people always form these different expectations for what high school's going to be like, especially in America, you know? It's supposed to, yeah, like... Yeah, romanticize! Yeah, romanticize your life or whatever, but it really isn't it. It really isn't that amazing. There's nothing crazy that's gone on except for the coronavirus you know that's been that's been a real one um but yeah, yeah. E- enough of the how do you how do you find like um co- dividing say like you've just you've finished school for now you're on summer holidays right mm-hmm. how is it for you the difference between holidays and doing online school because i know when it was for me it was just like it didn't feel any different honestly it kind of okay the thing is I had a really stressful year of online school because it was my junior year, so my third year of high school. And that's when you're supposed to really be getting your grades up for college because this is the year colleges are going to be looking at your uh, mm-hmm. all your transcripts and everything. Yeah. So I was grinding. These were the best grades I've ever gotten in my life, period. Okay. I was Every day I was doing my homework. I was getting it done <laughs> early. I was getting them high grades. I really was working it. And I did good, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I did good. But also, it was just really stressful. 
it was real stressful um but having school at night also gave me a lot of time mm, during the yeah. day to kind of do my thing so it almost felt like i didn't have school because i would just pop out whenever <laughs> i'd like yeah i'd go out with walk <laughs> I, i'd go out with my mom on walks like every day we'd go for like a two-hour walk around the peak that's our main spot and that's so nice yeah honestly did you go to like the 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 peak peak bit like the the bit it's just like something oh yeah i think i know what you're talking about something fun is that the garden near the garden area right yeah i did that when i was i went there once it was really cool it was really nice i really enjoyed it i love the peak it's very peaceful because okay another thing um i've had epiphany about over time with online school Mm -hmm. and everything i thought i was a city girl but i don't think i'm a city girl anymore i'm a city girl (laughs) yeah see the thing is i you don't you don't think you are i think i half am but it's just like maybe just not a hong kong person because i've been here for so long so long and sometimes i get overwhelmed i get overwhelmed by amount of people that are just everywhere and i feel like hong kong in general just looks really disorganized to me don't you feel Mm -hmm. that like i feel like some cities just feel like there are people there but also it doesn't feel like overstimulating like for me Mm -hmm. i'm walking around and my mind is going (laughs) but yeah okay let's talk about your college um you're going to I think I'm going to Leeds. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never yeah. heard of that place. I don't know where it is, but it sounds sounds fun. Sounds it's, great. It's sort of sort of in the north of England. Mm, the north. Um, so you know, moving around. But Leeds is a city, pretty much what you said. So like, I'm excited for that because I think being away from Hong Kong, um, for well, not that long, but for a while, I realized that like a lot of my work revolves around. Well, the majority of my photography work in my final year revolved around Hong Kong and, like, the stuff that I would see there. But I agree with you that the fact that, like, when I was in year 10 or 11, it, Hong Kong became really isolating and it became some place that it was, like, stayed in there for too long. You didn't really know what to do with yourself because it was just same old, same old. Mm-hmm. And once there's too much repetition and all the madness, it becomes very, very, very sort of hectic and then you sort of lose the charm Mm -hmm. but once you're away from it you remember how how full it was and then I've missed that fullness right now because it's just not the same Mm -hmm. I don't have that constant you know ability to go out and just you know walk and see things and photograph things and you know it's full artistic um, I don't know I have full artistic governance over what I do there, but here it's a little bit different to me, especially in, like, culture-wise. Mm-hmm. So I am excited for university, but I would would have loved to return home before, which mm. I don't think no. I'll be able to do. But So yeah. I guess Hong Kong kind of feel, feeds your soul a little bit, right? Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I would just say, though, I mean... I I can appreciate it being here, um, but it can also be suffocating once you're here for long periods of time. Like, I think about cities yeah. like New York, too. 
and just New York especially because I feel like it's the preeminent city in the world and they just have everything there they and they have like a ton of museums they have like a lot of culture and I feel Hong Kong doesn't lack culture obviously there's a lot going Mm -hmm. on but also I feel like you don't just get to hop around and go somewhere and be fully I guess invested or engulfed in that place I don't know I feel like you Hong Kong lacks space and therefore lacks um, diversity in those sort of senses. Right. Because then you have the same area. The things are too close to each other yeah. for things to be sort of different. Totally agree. Um, totally agree. Because you have like different like subsets of neighborhoods, mm-hmm. but they all sort of are the same. Yeah. Speaking of little, kind of feeling cramped, I w- I had well. an internship. <laughs> I had an internship oh. this summer. Okay. It was a nepotism internship, if you know what I mean. Okay. And so basically, I, oh, I was like, um, I, I'm interested in art, right? I'm an art person. I enjoy art. I yeah. like to do art in my free time. I'm not a master at art, but it's really something that just like gives me peace. Okay. And so I got this internship job at this art gallery but it's not just any art gallery it's an nft art gallery yes and i was like okay i was there for two weeks full disclosure i quit i quit after two weeks because i was like okay i i really what it really wasn't it i was there no hate no hate to my one co-worker and my boss jillian okay okay but yeah it I felt it was honestly just quite boring. I was there for two weeks um, and four days a week from 10 in the morning to four in the afternoon. Um, and that was part time. I had to like work that down because she. Working 10 to 4. Mm-hmm. What a way to make a living. She initially <laughs> wanted me to stay full time 10 in the morning to yeah. 7 at night. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, oh I got God. a schedule, you know? I got things to do in my life. I have to apply to college. And I was just really, I was really stressed out. And then my work itself, like, the, mm. it, I wasn't, I really wasn't doing much. And also, I just don't really care for NFTs. I like art. What were you doing? I was basically, I was doing, like, the basic work, like, setting up their social media posts, making sure everything uh-huh. is set up on time, and, like, writing, like, little captions for various artist spotlights that they had, and just doing, like, organizational stuff. It really wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad. Um, and I was getting paid very minimally. But mm. it, wasn't, it wasn't feeding my soul. And I felt like it was a waste of my time being there. And, I'm, you know, I'm grateful. I was really grateful for the opportunity, obviously. But I yeah. feel like, you know, if it's not worth it, just don't stay for it. Especially if you aren't getting paid that much, you know, to be there. Mm. And if you're not learning that much, so... You wouldn't say you learned much? Not at all, honestly. All information I previously knew. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So, huh. that's one summer story I had. Have you ever had a job? 
for a way to actually you know what I know I haven't mm-hmm. I haven't actually had a job which is one thing that I'm really really disappointed in myself by because mm-hmm. last summer I should have made more effort into doing things because it was the last summer where I could have like well I'm not doing anything this summer because I, I'm in the middle of nowhere can't really do anything but you I can farm last summer um, yeah, I could. I could say, you know what? You guys need some help. I will help you share those lambs. I will collect their fur. Collect oh my gosh, are away. you in a cottage core situation right now? I'm in a. I'm in a watermill. Mm, I don't know what that is, but oh, <laughs> it's it's like a. It's a mill house. So it's like um, one of those houses with those like fans wheels cogs oh oh interesting that's actually yeah. really interesting um i like that it is and i it's a it's it's a great photographic subject but i've like overdone it mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i've, I've like <laughs> done everything i can do every already. angle um uh, <laughs> yeah I, maybe next thing for me self-portraits mm-hmm. so no kidding Self- no. i think <laughs> i, I think you should go for it I actually wanted to dabble yeah. in self-portraits, but I just don't know how to work the self-timer on my camera. Um, but yeah, speaking um. speaking of cameras and photographing, basically, we talked about Lulu Wong before. Lulu Wong, and, and she's coming to Hong Kong. It's very rare that a filmmaker, that American filmmaker, comes to Hong Kong and makes something. And she's making this TV show called The Expatriates. And she's been here for a while. She's going to start filming in August, I believe. But basically, I guess there are all these, like, different, like, little jobs that are popping up for local Hong Kong people. There is one for um, a female photographer, um, set stills photographer. That means just going on set and taking behind-the-scenes photos, but also, like photos mm-hmm. of exact scenes and oh it sounds like sounds like someone who's really really cool and awesome should do it. like someone who's like you know i agree really amazing totally agree yeah. and so you know me being the person that i am being interested in photography i applied for this job there are other people applying for this job as well so i don't mm-hmm. know if i'll get it i'm really young i have no professional experience but I sent in, I really, I wrote my first resume ever. I Ooh. typed that stuff up real quick because I was, was like, oh my gosh, I need to, like, I just need to get this in just to see, you know? And yeah. so I did that, wrote my cover letter, sent it in. I haven't got any response yet. I sent my mm. stuff in two days ago, so I'm not too worried. But even if I don't get it, it's fine. But, you know my fingers Lulu Wong yes yes Wait, do you know anyone else who applied or do you just know that there are other people who I apply? just know there are other people applying but I don't okay. really know any female photographers in Hong Kong there aren't yeah. there isn't a huge demographic I feel like most um, photographers are male um, I really appreciate that Lulu's trying to oh Lulu first name basis but <laughs> yeah she's uh, she's like trying to uplift women in the industry 
So yeah, I really, I truly admire her. Yeah, maybe we should saw your Instagram story. Oh, did you did you say something like, "Oh my God, Lulu Wang is right next to where I live"? And maybe she was like, "I see that," and I'm gonna see if I can get her on my uh, show. Oh my gosh, I literally, yeah. That's that's literally a dream. I had like little fantasies. I was like, maybe maybe she'll notice me. You know, maybe she'll notice me liking all the stuff on her account, watching all of her stories, mm-hmm. and she'll see my profile. She'll see, oh my gosh, she's a local female photographer highlighting cult- the cultural importance of various Hong Kong local life yeah. and people. Maybe she deserves to be on this show, you know? Um, so Maybe if you used hashtag Chauncey the dog... <gasps> Chauncey the dog. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Speaking of Chauncey, I think Barry Jenkins is coming to Hong Kong. Mm. I think he's here, actually. I think he's here. You think he's quarantined? I think he's here. He posted something on his Instagram um, of his flight. And that that video looked very much like Hong Kong. Looked very much like Hong Kong. And so maybe I'll see Barry. Maybe I'll see. Him. Maybe you. Oh my, that would be amazing. I would die. Oh my gosh! So literally, cool. if I get this job, Annie, you don't understand. I will literally die. I will, I will, I'll literally be on set. I'll see all of these people, and I'll do my thing. I'll take my photos, and I'm no. That would be so sick. Uh, that would be amazing. I'm just praying. I'm praying that my my u- uniqueness comes through in my application. No, I'm just Your kidding. Your charisma, uniqueness, yeah. nerve, and talent. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, you know, you are the, are you the creator or like co what or founder of Blueprint Magazine? Oh my gosh, Blueprint yes, Z? it's a magazine. And yeah, basically, my goal for this is, okay, one of my interests of mine is journalism. And I'm trying to go mm-hmm. more in that direction in my life. And the thing is, I tried doing that with my school newspaper, but also there's like <laughs> I think you mentioned the certain it's like a certain demographic that you don't always like that you don't necessarily that's not that's not my target audience, you know. Yeah. And I wanted to create something for myself where I can just sort of vent on issues I have with society, in a way mm-hmm. that's also kind of meaningful you know, yeah. or it can be perceived as meaningful at least. And so that's why I heard the magazine. And basically I'm just trying to, I'm trying to dabble in my um, editorial opinion writing skills a little bit. Mm. It's very nice. Thank you. I, I, I look at it very oh often gosh. and I think... I appreciate I've never actually that. spoken to you about it, but, like, yeah. I've, it's really well done. Gosh, thank you. I keep it on the down, though. Yeah. Because I don't want it, like... I don't want it to be attached to me, necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I see it more of, more of as, like, a collective effort. And also, I don't want it to be yeah. a reflection of my character, necessarily, because it's more of, like, various opinions. You want to exist as an entity by itself. Yeah. And I just want my opinions to be kind of sent out into the world to, like, whatever audience um, 
kind of without uh, me being an a fa- being a factor within that necessarily. So that's the goal with that. Yeah. It's really just like a. It's it's more of a passion project, really. I don't really see it going, going places. We're not gonna be the New York Times, but it's a good thing to do in my spare time, and I really enjoy it. So, yeah, that's the story with that. Anyway, should we should should we get back into the social yeah. network? Yeah. Oh yeah, everyone. The social network is our film for today. Wow, that was so late into the yes. um, recording. <laughs> I know, but we got a lot of good stuff in. You guys are going to learn more yeah, about no, us, no. our character, all of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, do you want to get started? Um, I don't have notes, but I'm going to go off the top of my head. Social Network, um, I think it was 2010. Yes, 2010. Am I wrong? 2010. Um, it's directed by David Fincher, screen, screenplay by Aaron Sorkin. And it is the story of the creation and the lawsuits surrounding Facebook. Basically from, like, three, I would say three-ish different views. Um, from the viewpoint of um, Mark Zuckerberg, who's played by Jesse Eisenberg. Is that him? Yeah? Yep. And by, from the point of view of um, Eduardo... Saverin. Saverin. Played by Andrew Garfield, who is at his peak in this movie. Please. So amazing. <laughs> so amazing. Um, and Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss and Divra. I can't remember. D- Divya Naren- Narendra. Yeah, anyway, there's just there's three different um, point of view. The two people who aren't, the two groups who aren't Mark are suing him. Um, at the end and you find that out in like the first 20 minutes and it's really meant, like the story is about how they do it rather than what happens because it is a f- sort of based on real life but sort of mm-hmm. fictionalized slightly mm-hmm. that was a really great introduction I really appreciate it thanks yeah I guess uh, we'll just get right into it I love this film I love this film. I've watched uh-huh. it three times. I think the first time I watched it really? was when I was maybe 12. And that was because I was like, oh my gosh, they're talking about social media, like Facebook. This would be fun and fun and lighthearted, you know. And so 12-year-old me was just watching it. I was like, whoa, this is a lot. And then, and then I stopped. I don't think I finished it the first time. And then mm-hmm. watched it again. I thought it was all right, but I didn't fully get it. And then I just watched it again, maybe... A month ago and I was like wow okay this is it this is the best David Fincher film I must say um mm. Mm. and this just works for me this film works for me because it's somewhat relatable I don't think uh David Fincher's films are very relatable um <laughs> as a whole <laughs> I for me like as a as a younger person I can just kind of like empathize with the point of views of certain characters within this so it just works for me better in that sense um but also i think uh, it, it sounds stupid but the harmony of the film like the harmony it just really matters to me like a film collectively has to have a certain energy that um is on the same wavelength that i am and this one just yeah. works for me um it's hard to pinpoint 
But I think one of the things that I want to bring up straight off the bat is the soundtrack by Trent Reznor. Yeah. And but can I just say it's really funny that you're saying you're relatable relating to the youngest billionaire in the world. <laughs> I'm manifesting. <laughs> manifesting that's gonna be my future that's gonna be my future <laughs> I don't, anyway. i'm not saying necessarily him i'm just saying people like no i know i know Erica, i know you're people like um eduardo no, essentially it's a story about like loyalty friendship betrayal <laughs> it's about these very like essential components that when you just strip it away about all the fancifulness and like the, the hacking terms and all of like the mm-hmm. um, legal terms it's just about that yeah 100 <laughs> percent like, when you think about other David Fincher movies, like Fight Club, I got, I watched it, I liked it, but also, you know, that that's very much, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's, like, it's a lot. It's a lot, and I think it's good, but it doesn't quite hit as well as The Social Network. The only other David Fincher movie I've watched is the Benjamin Button movie. Bro, I haven't watched that. I can't say much. I haven't watched that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know why I watched you know, it. It was really, really scary to watch the... I think it was Matt Damon? I don't know. He became, like, shriveled. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my God, he's a raisin. Because he, like, shrinks. I don't, I don't know that. I don't, I don't know the premise of that movie. Basically, a man like come, becomes smaller. <laughs> the curious case of Benjamin Button, the person like shrinks. That's it's so like weird. The, from a grape to a raisin. Oh my gosh! So it's, it's like Matt sad. Damon shrinking. <laughs> I think it's Matt Damon. I'm not sure. Wait, curious case. <laughs> yeah, I feel like his films um, just aren't super accessible. No, sorry, it's Brad Pitt. Oh my gosh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> that was so far <laughs> off. Rapid is in a ton of David Fincher movies, I feel like. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think... I'm not sure how I feel about him as a director yet. I guess he's commonly known as, like, a genius and um, in the filmmaking world. And he's notorious Mm. for making his actors film the scenes and do, like, 50 different takes. He's very meticulous and I guess I appreciate that about him. Um, he seems he seems slightly intense, but I I guess that's maybe good for for the movie's sake. I mean, I was watching like some of his interviews, and personally, I think he seems like a very lovely guy. He seems very like down to earth and like not flowery like some some um, directors can be. He seemed very like mm. he was saying he wanted to be a movie director from the age of eight, mm. and like after watching um, Butch. Sundance and um, Butch Cast oof Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid he was like I want to be a movie director when I grow up he just seemed very like rooted in um, reality mm-hmm. but that's just an impression that I got from like a few interviews he just seems sweet happy for him yeah. I, I mean I haven't watched any of his interviews I've just watched some of his films and judging from mm. The vibes I'm getting from these films, I feel like some of these films don't necessarily, like, they can't really come from a lighthearted person, you know? I feel like there has to be something (laughs) rough underneath to kind of make this, make this type of stuff. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I I appreciate his storytelling. I think um, part of what makes this movie stand out in the first place, and also shout out to Aaron Sorkin, 
He's often described oh, yeah. as a one-hit wonder. He's a screenwriter for this film. And uh, yeah. people often say this is his one hit. And I must say, given the context, I must agree. I think this is his best work yet. And a lot of this, this film is very dialogue heavy. And very. that's what makes it good, honestly, because there are a lot of little nuances that you can pick up from the dialogue. And it all, it almost like, um, it almost runs off kind of like a play. And that is because oh, yeah. Aaron Sorkin used to be a playwright um, before he started getting into screenwriting. So a lot of his dialogue kind of reflects that. Um, and there are a lot of like little, little parts to the dialogue that um, mm-hmm. are kind of, I, I wouldn't have picked up if I didn't do a little bit of research. But um, there are little hiccups, they call, um, in between. I think I watched the, this. Was this a YouTube oh video my, that you watched? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think we, Aaron we definitely watched the same video. So you want to talk about them? Oh, okay. Um, it's like, you know when you read a screenplay and you see, like, these, like, hyphens and these eyes and these R and these O's and, like, a dot, dot, dot. Um, so can has used lots of these in this um, screenplay where it's like creates a little bit more of like a hesitancy and a, like a, um, a, a break in the very quick um, and repetitive rhythm in the like dialogue for example Jesse Eisenberg's character you in almost every film he's like the up uh, well actually like because that's the kind of like actor that he is but in this film it's like it, it happens a lot and he's like um it makes him a little bit seem a little bit more you know as a character that the audience can slightly empathize with because he's the underdog in some cases but then he quickly switches and becomes like the antagonist mm-hmm. in a way just through like these small manipulations of speech mm-hmm. he's kind of an anti-hero yeah. a little bit um yeah one thing i that i picked up from the video that we both watched also that was interesting. <laughs> um, I forgot the name of the video, but you should search it up, you guys. It's the first option that comes up when you kind of search up social network screenwriting on YouTube. And one of the things that they brought up was the um, overlapping dialogue to dictate the energy and rhythm of a scene. And mm. also the fact that the two characters are, like, um, in a conversation are often on different pages, especially conversations with Mark, because he's not on the same wavelength as other people, that yeah. and the other yeah. person often has to catch up in a way that's palatable to the audience, because if I was just listening to Mark speak, I wouldn't get it. I really wouldn't. But then you have another <laughs> dumb person, trying to normal person, trying to conversate with him, and they're ha- they're struggling to keep up too because they're normal, and you have this sort of disconnect, but also allows some time for the audience to kind of catch up to what Mark is saying, and mm, yeah, yeah, real it reveals a lot about his personality too because um, Mark's he doesn't he doesn't diddle daddle is that, is that a term? <laughs> yeah he he thinks he thinks about one thing and he moves straight on 
and, pragmatic. Yes. He he kind of forgets about like he he has a little bit of a short-term memory, you know. He just kind of keeps going. Mm-hmm. The train keeps chugging. And it's, I think it um, gives some comic relief to the audience mm-hmm. as well. Um, when he's just, like, yapping on about X and the person is like, how about Y? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I love the fact that he, like, starts off with a romantic um, interest and then doesn't have one for the rest of the mm-hmm. movie. Because it, it just, like, shows his, like, personality, mm-hmm. kind of, in a way. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. It's also kind of funny. Beta male. Uh, stop. I, okay, I love, I love the beginning of this movie. I think it's great. Yeah. I think, again, reveals a lot about his personality. And I think uh, the character of Rooney Mara, it just serves, she just... Uh, Erica, she serves as a great introduction to Mark, really. Mm-hmm. Erica Albright is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. You know, that's actually something Mark Zuckerberg said. Like, er- the character of Erica Albright is not a real person, but is based on some woman. I think her name is Jessica. That he wrote on... F- really? He wrote a little passage on Face Mash or something, and he was like... Erica, uh, I mean, Jessica Albatross, or whatever her name is, is a bitch. In, and that was when he was in. Oh my god, what? I thought, I thought the character of Erica Albright was, like, fictional. She is fictional. They didn't have... But, like, it's based. Yeah, it's based loosely on their relationship. My god. They didn't have a romantic relationship. It was more of, like, a friendship. At least that's what I'm seeing online. Mm. So... Mm. That's what was going on um, with that. Um, how are you feeling about the the? Okay, why don't we give give our our um, listeners some context here? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, we kind of start off. The whole setting for this is Harvard, Harvard University, um, the most prestigious university in honestly maybe the world and sophomore mark zuckerberg is being dumped by his girlfriend erica albright and this kind of spikes this whole um spite um in him and he goes to create the app face smash which is where it's highly misogynistic by the way but it's he's ha- he's hacking into college databases to steal photos of female students and then allowing site visitors to rate their attractiveness and compare the two yeah mhm and then this obviously is a precedent for facebook but um after he's created this app it kind of goes viral in a way on campus and everyone is using it everyone is everyone is into it and then that's where he kind of gets his uh, kind of shining, first bits of shining moments, I guess. And that's the yeah. whole premise of this film. Like, he's trying to get into a Harvard's final, a Harvard finals club, which is this exclusive club for uh, students on campus that are, like, extremely successful or popular or whatever. Is it like um, a glamorous version of like fraternity? Yeah, kind of like that, I yeah. would say. And so he's trying to get in that final club to kind of prove something to 
maybe both himself and others. Um, And so we kind of explore his uh, journey towards achieving greatness throughout this movie and how (laughs) that ends up in sacrifices with his relationships, friendships. Bad judgments. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, yeah. That's the general... general He got me so pissed at the end of that movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God. Uh, Yeah, anyways, anyways. (laughs) Do you have any certain point of the movie that you want to discuss? Um, well, (laughs) I was just going to say, when I was talking about Erica Albright, I was Mm -hmm. was thinking about the other love interest in the movie, Christy. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh my gosh, Eduardo's Christy is London Tipton. (gasps) Yeah. It's Brenda's song. Uh. Um... She, you know, I, I've never seen her in anything outside of Disney things. And I was mm-hmm. like, hello? Bro, it's <laughs> so like, yeah, crazy. Gonna be there. It's so crazy. Did you know she was in it before you started watching? No, I didn't. I didn't know who was in it. Uh-huh. Um, fun surprise. I, I knew, like, the... Yeah, fun surprise. I knew the basics. I'm like, oh, Dakota Johnson had a little bit of a, mm. you know... Um, What's the word? Can't think of it. She's kind of good in it. And um, her and Andrew Garfield, that was an unlikely combination, but I was like, oh, okay. What? What is she, Andrew Garfield? She, they were like, they were partners in the film. Remember? What? No, they weren't, they weren't actually a par- partners in real life. In the, in the movie, in the movie, their characters were in a relationship. Andrew Garfield and Dakota Johnson. No, I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about Brenda. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Except then, and With then Christy, Brenda like, Christy. like, Christy like settling on fire and mm-hmm. went loco. Oh my god! But, yeah, no, it's fine. That was wild. Forget we can forget about that. She had a little god boss moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved the um the intensity of the movie mm-hmm. it almost felt like it never stopped mm-hmm. like i watched it quite late at night and i was quite tired but like i didn't get tired if you mm-hmm. know what i mean i was constantly like, like on the edge of on the edge of my bed it was just like like oh but the first time when i saw the, the army hammer twins i was like oh my gosh trying to like oh my gosh look and see which face was gl- slightly glitching because I was like, "Oh my oh, god, I caught you!" Because one oh of the gosh. faces would like kind of like go weird right. for a second. Right, I was really, yeah. really shocked because you know this too, right? One of them was like, one of the actors was just another normal person. Yeah, but then Josh Pence. Yeah, Josh Pence. He was wearing like this headgear situation, and Army Hammer's face got like visually plastered onto his. And <laughs> I thought that was insane to me. I really did not know that. I just assumed they like. I I don't oh, know what actually, I thought. You watched it like ages ago, right? Yeah, I so just never really thought known. about like what happened behind the scenes until I watched the behind the scenes mm. short mm. thing somewhere. And <sighs> wow, one of my favorite lines in the movie. Okay. I'm 6'5", 220, and there's two of me. Wow. That really that really hit. I loved it. Um, wow, that was good. That was good. I was also... Uh, 
I was kind of like conflicted with these types of movies because like Army Hammer, Army Hammer is kind of canceled now. So I'm like, should I should I be appreciating this or should I you know should I be kind of kind of cautious you know because he's a cannibal, um, as as we've learned on the internet. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Winklevi. What are what are our thoughts? I thought it was. I thought that was. I was like when I when I first heard that last name, I was like, surely this is fictional. Surely this is a fictional last name. But no, these are these are two successful men who rode in real the people. Beijing Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real people. It's insane. But I, I wouldn't say I I highly enjoyed Army's performance. He was mm-hmm. great. He was he well he. He he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there in the movie, but I wouldn't say I was like blown away. And mm-hmm. also, the the characters aren't very likable, so mm-hmm. I feel fine with consuming this content. Mm-hmm. The only likable character in this is um, Eduardo. Oh my god, Eduardo! <laughs> what? <laughs> I love Eduardo. I love him. I thought you were about um, to disagree with me. Movie. I was like, hold up. No, 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 no. And actually, okay, I get the whole trying to rise in the ranks and, like, get to the... Because basically Eduardo is um, punched by one of the final clubs, the mm-hmm. Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's given, like, an invitation to... It's basically like a fraternity. And they have to, like, go through these certain, like, rounds and they get in. And Mark becomes jealous of him because Mark wants to do this, but he isn't cool enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he isn't at the level that uh, Eduardo is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. You, I understand where he comes from, trying to remove himself from the nerd title, I guess, because they're all, like, programmers. Actually, no. Eduardo... Is there just for the money, isn't he? He's he's a more of a business guy. Yeah, he's the he's a CFO. CFO. He was a CFO. But yeah, my he, his his story is sad, but mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like he's in the like, end you can't really feel sorry for any of these guys that much because they're all wealthy. Like Eduardo's probably f- yeah. filthy filthy rich um read his wikipedia his parents are wealthy wealthy brazilians or whatever uh-huh. yeah. so i'm like you know even though even though he kind of got effed in the end got fricked <laughs> he got fricked dude <laughs> it's like you know you're living a good life you know uh-huh. some people they don't even have food on their tables so you got to think about it from yeah. like a a big world perspective, and that also brings me to mm-hmm. my next point, which is the intersection of innovation and capitalism. And yeah, I don't really know what I was going to <laughs> elaborate on <laughs> with this, but it's okay. We can figure it out. I was trying to. I was trying to bring out an intelligent point, but really had no bullet points <laughs> to follow up with. <laughs> but yeah, um, basically, it's very ironic. It's very ironic having this movie about this rise of a multi-billion money, whatever, <laughs> and profiting off it. <laughs> it's it's quite it's quite funny. Right. 
Yeah. You see the humor in it. And guys. Like, kind of. Haha. I think um, Mark Zuckerberg in real life, real life Mark Zuckerberg is always trying to emphasize the fact that Facebook was built as a, as, um, and uh, was the result of a passion for innovation. And then you have this movie that, and also like uh, reflections of this in real life where um, Facebook is this multi-billion dollar company that is like a raging force in the world of capitalism. And it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see how those two ideas collide a little bit and how um, kind of people like Mark Zuckerberg tend to try to separate the two and reinforce that like hey I'm, I did this for innovation you know or whatever mm-hmm. um, but then you also have that like money aspect um, but yeah those are my thoughts on that um, at some point it wasn't I won't, I won't like I'm not like shitting on Facebook saying it wasn't innovation but like MySpace existed mm-hmm. like MySpace and like other like social media apps already existed it's not mm-hmm. like it was like pulled out of his bum mm-hmm. hole and he like created this whole new thing right um but like i understand it was it's a it's a very very remarkable thing to do this at the age of 19 mm-hmm. um but yeah you know like hate the big mm-hmm. big companies mm-hmm. and you know like that i don't know yeah that kind of that reminds me of the scene and movie where it's like i we're i guess we just kind of realized that mark it, he creates Facebook, not even not even necessarily, not for money at all. Not in the film, at yeah. least he doesn't have like money motivations. But he just wants to be cool. He needs Facebook <laughs> to be cool. Like that's the whole goal yeah. here. He wants to be cool. He doesn't like. He's a nerd, obviously, but he wants to get some form of status. Status. He wants power. Power. That's what he wants. Yeah. And um I remember one of the scenes where um what well, it's after we're introduced to Sean Parker, the um the creator of that like music sharing website. Mm-hmm. And they're at a party with like the interns of Facebook and he's talking about like this new way of like going to parties where you take your like devices with you and you transport it online mm-hmm. and you transport it into like a whole thing where all your social life is online and it's like I didn't think about how well, obviously they have to be innovative minds but I didn't think about the type of things they were considering mm-hmm. when they were creating like these like websites and like the fact that yes they were very ahead of their time at back then and like Mm-hmm. 2007 or 2008 um, basically just changing the whole course of everybody's social life mm-hmm. yeah it's insane that didn't really lead to a point but no I enjoyed yeah. that I guess it's like you know no matter how you feel about Mark Zuckerberg he changed your life you know he changed everybody's <laughs> lives honestly I don't think I'm necessarily anti Mark Zuckerberg a little like diversion here but there's like a huge mm-hmm. anti-billionaire movement going on right now and while I am like 
I totally, like, empathize with all the viewpoints of, like, like, redistribute the wealth. No one should be, no one needs a billion dollars, obviously. Um, Mm. But also, like, I just don't have a personal hatred towards any of these billionaires. Like, Mark Zuckerberg never did anything to me. Um, I understand that he's done, like, the, the forces of, um his company facebook has charged capitalism in a way that has been destructive to a lot of people Mm. um oh my gosh these words are just coming out like okay okay yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna sip my little canned soup here (laughs) sweet red bean soup Mm -hmm. was so good nice um but i don't know i don't i don't like feel fond of him but i don't i i don't dislike him either that's the thing. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, that didn't. I mean, like, a vendetta I have, or most people have against Facebook is the um, um, messing with the election. Oh right. Like the ads they show. Right. Which is just like, majorly after. Oh yeah. And that also has. Yes, it's capitalism again because it's sort they want to like get more money and they want to like increase profit mm-hmm. and through that they get to like oh my god it's like we're not talking about like big data and like mm-hmm. how they use our oh yeah um, online presence to sway our mm-hmm. views and everything yeah Guys, this is this is what two goals one film is about mm-hmm. tackling the big stuff yeah we're having big yeah. conversations out here <laughs> you know we're feeding uh, your guys's souls um yeah but yeah i yeah, obviously Facebook isn't entirely ethical now. I think it's a different Facebook is entirely a different thing now than it was when it first started or at least the way it's depicted in this film because in this movie mm. Facebook is almost like sort of a mythical entity. Like it's still a very new technology and although there It's the Facebook. Yes. exactly it's the facebook and obviously there's myspace but myspace is kind of like the facebook of today of that period once facebook pops up everyone's like hey this is a new thing this is cool this is different this is going to Mm. revolutionize the tech industry and tech isn't as big it wasn't as big then as it is now so i understand the cultural impact it has um but I don't know. One second. Hello. I'm filming my podcast. Sorry. I'm back. But yeah. Yeah. Um I forget my point. We can move on. It's okay. I really enjoyed the little like hints of um what facebook would be like in the future like how it it will affect us like when um what's his name eduardo goes like back to new york and sees christy and she's like why is your um relationship status single like i loved the like um yes it was um comedic but like it's just showing what facebook would become Mm -hmm. in the future Mm -hmm. and how it would like dictate right i don't know relationships Mm -hmm. agreed very cool actually yeah now they bring up relationships 
like the whole movie is about relationships obviously and just like navigating them on your own like in this like environment where you're creating something new and amazing and fresh or whatever but then the thing that you're creating is also kind of creating this new way in which you're living your life in the way your mm-hmm. your your relationships are going to change or whatever and so that's that's an interesting piece um yeah i guess i have one thing to say about the cast oh my gosh yeah you know how Eduardo Saverin is Brazilian and um, Divya Na... Um, what's his name? No, Narenda. Narenda. He... I don't know what where he's from, but he's not Max Minghella, who is... Um, Who's Max? White and Asian. Um, I just thought... Like the casting, although I, I although I loved Eduardo, um, and I loved my what's his name Andrew Garfield, uh-huh. as him, it's just like you know, like the casting. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I that's Hollywood, baby. I know. <sighs> I, you never got to talk about the the um the soundtrack. I know you seem like you really want to. Oh, oh my gosh. I seem like I really yeah. want to. I, because I, I do as I well. I do. I do love the soundtrack. This is probably maybe one of my favorite soundtracks ever. It like it. Oh my god! I have the fun thing to tell you as well. Oh, go on, continue. It continue. was something that had to grow yeah. on me yeah. because uh-huh. at first I was just like listening to it on its own without the film, and I was just like, mm, okay, feels like a lot, and it's like it, but also it's so different. It's so fresh. I haven't heard anything like that to go with a film. Usually it's like the typical orchestra stuff, but this feels the feels different, you know. This hits different too. It's got Yeah. And I especially love the it's song like Ambient in Motion. That's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. My favorite is probably either Hand Covers Bruise or Carbon Prevails. Mm-hmm. Hand-covered bruises, like, beautiful, mournful, slow, like, residu- resolution, but revenge. Mm-hmm. I think it's the one where, like, they're in the courtroom right after the, they were, like, um, how much has Mark's uh, shares been diluted? It wasn't. Mm-hmm. How much was, um, whatever. It wasn't. And then he was, like, how much was yours diluted? Zero oh, my gosh. 0.03%. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Woo! See? Yeah. That was... I... that's what's so amazing about it it's like not only atmospheric it also sounds like facebook it sounds digital it sounds like (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like facebook and mark put together i don't know how on earth you think that sounds like facebook i think baby shark sounds like you know what actually i'd like to i'd like to reword it i think it sounds like a mix of david fincher's world uh, and face the Facebook. <laughs> it's hard to describe. I would just say, yeah, it sounds like it sounds techy. You know, it sounds like yeah, like the other song that I really love, Carbon Prevails. It's like an electronic explosion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Aphex Twin or like Underworld. Mm-hmm. It's like these really delicious like electronic frequencies mm-hmm. and like 
buzzes, mm-hmm. you know, just like yeah. scratches that that bit mm-hmm. of your head that you don't. Agreed. The brain, the hippocampus, just like hippocampus mm-hmm. go brr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One place especially when the music hit me hard was one of my favorite scenes in the film when Mark needs to hire new interns for Facebook. And oh my god, yes! I, I, I watched that oh so many gosh, times! I, I like went back and watched that. I, was, I, I, so I had that clip of Andrew Garfield like smiling. Did you know that one? <laughs> I I am definitely like in real in usual times I am not attracted to Andrew Garfield. He is not my type. But in this okay, film, yeah. in the social network. Yeah. <sighs> and in that, that scene where he barges towards Mark oh my, in the office. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. The angle. The angle too. That's my favorite angle uh, ever. Yeah. Um and he he's got a really good walk mm-hmm, in that scene. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Are you wired in now? <laughs> he throws. Um, sorry, my prawn is at the cleaners along with my hoodie and my flip flops, you douche, you ignorant, or whatever. Pretentious douche back. <laughs> no, I love that reenactment. Um, Thanks, thanks. But yeah, the, back to the film, the, the the scene when they're having the interns. It's, oh my gosh, I love yeah. this so much. I, I don't know what it is about it. It's like, nerdy harvard realness yeah. mixed with excitement yeah. and it's like you just it's like a little little bit of a, like a club yeah as well <laughs> yeah. it's like it feels so like the energy feels so yeah. raw everyone's mm-hmm. just like singing in a circle hacking mm-hmm. and everyone's like come on you got this yeah i know you got this come on that's that's the nerd mm. life i want to have you know like if that's what nerd life is i'll take it I'll come get me sign me the f up y'all mm-hmm. And I th- I would say um, I would proudly say I'm a nerd, mm-hmm. even though I don't think I'm smart enough. But I would like to call myself a nerd. I would like to be a nerd too. Stanford, that's nerd nation. I'd like to be at Stanford. <laughs> Everywhere I go is nerd nation, mm-hmm. y'all. <laughs> Everywhere. Every day I do the woman's march. I believe it. So, I believe it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Oh, can I tell you? Will, will you finish finish your point and then I'll tell you the fun fact? Oh yeah. Mark, that uh that part where Mark is like, "Welcome to Facebook." I was like, oh, "Wow, yeah. <laughs> amazing." <laughs> Are you attracted to Jesse Eisenberg? Bro, I am. I am. <laughs> I like. Okay, the thing is, I realize like I really like. I really have a thing for like nerdy nerdy men like okay. i feel like when they're really attractive it's almost too good to be true you know who who else who's another example because hmm. i i threw michael sarah out there and you're like no no um. <laughs> not a michael sarah person let me think um there's a guy on my tv show that i watched succession oh sheldon not not Sheldon. <laughs> Sheldon is a Sheldon is a, no. Sheldon's a nerd. Come on. No, sir. No, sir. Sheldon, that's he's a geek. Fine, he's a geek. That's he's way a too geek. much. Like I feel like they have to have a little bit of um snap to them too. They have to have a little bit of like sure, sure. Um, there's a guy in my show. I don't think you know them, but 
His name is Jeremy Strong. And he plays... Well, I actually wouldn't necessarily call him a nerd, but he looks nerdy. Like, okay, they have to look kind of nerdy. Um, and there's just a, this certain energy about them, but I don't think the audience wants to hear about um, my fantasies <laughs> any longer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I will take over. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know one of these songs in the soundtrack. The Gentle Hum of Anxiety. Oh. I listened to it and, and I was like, this this is something that I know I've, I've heard before. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with this. Mm-hmm. It, like, I, in the movie, I was like, this song. I know this. And I was like, what do I know this from? It was like, I, I, I thought about it for a while and I was like, okay, I sometimes listen to ambient music when I do my work because also this is a great soundtrack to do your work to, I mm-hmm. think. Because um, you can choose whether you want the hectic ones to really, you know, get those fingers typing, or you can have the slow mm-hmm. ones to, you know, mm-hmm. look over and paraphrase. Right. Um, but anyways, I was like, okay, this is not what I listen to when I do my work. Or, you know, for fun. I was. It was something deeper than that. And I was like, holy crap, Aroonies. <laughs> I've got it. It was a piece that I performed to in drama in Hangzhou. Yeah. Hold up. What? Yeah. Um. Basically, for for listeners, Lindsay and I both performed drama at our old school, and um, we performed to this song. Not the by choice. Anxiety for cancer. For cancer. Cancer. <laughs> so if you listen to it, I think you'll know. We basically went to theater school for a year. It was a lot. But we pretended to be cancer cells and formed a tumor. In our performance yeah. with twenty nine yeah. other songs, yeah. it was great. Good. Which um, song? Which song? The gentle hum of anxiety and by Trent Reznor and Atticus. What? Ross. What part? Atticus Boss, more like oh. Atticus Boss. Stop! <laughs> I can't with you. I don't remember which one. It might have been someone else, but it was like a definite. Like, you just imagine, like, bodies writhing around to that song. What part of the... Oh, was that the part where we climb in Pulse? Are you listening to it right now? No. Um, I'll, I don't I'll know. insert, you... like, a ten, a ten... I'll listen to it later. <coughs> oh my um, god, a bean got stuck in my throat. No, actually, I think... <laughs> No, I think it was something that people would either monologue soliloquy over, mm. or it was one where people slowly moved. Right. Oh my god, it might have been the one where we all slowly like, <laughs> m- like move around to. Because no. it's not the one where we were like gesticulating and like b- being like the cells around someone. Because that was like a different song. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. <sighs> That one was The Way by Zach Hemsey, if you want to visualize. It was like... Oh my gosh. You know, it, like, at some point there was words as well. Oh my gosh. I'll definitely listen back on this and try to figure it out for myself. And yeah. uh, set myself back up into that environment. Oh my gosh, I just burped a little bit. Can you oh, my gosh. oh my gosh. I have a fun fact for you about this film. Did you know... Yeah. Shia LaBeouf turned down the role of Mark Zuckerberg 
Really? Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yeah, that's okay. that's no, so know. wild to me because I don't think that would have made sense. That would have really been weird. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Also, Shia LaBeouf is like canceled now as well. So, you know, he's he's a questionable person. I'm glad they chose. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm glad he turned it down. Um, but also, that choice would not really have made sense. And Jonah yeah, it Hill would have been very, very what? Jonah Hill almost played Sean Parker, which also doesn't make sense to me. That's a that's a two very different directions. Mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake yeah. and Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. I don't see it at all, honestly. Maybe it's just because I'm so like, like I'm so satisfied with Justin Timberlake's performance in this. I think he's really good for the role. Mm. Yeah, I think he did very well. I think David Fincher does his casting right, and that's one thing I yeah. appreciate about him. Um, hold up. Hmm. I will say though I didn't realize Mark Zuckerberg had that hair when he was in. Um, uh, do you think he uh, had that Harvard? hair? Or- I looked at a picture. You know, I saw a picture and he had that hair, oh but gosh, it wasn't really? as full as Jesse's. I was like, it's- bro, I wonder yeah, what was- real Mark Zuckerberg was like in Harvard. Okay, yeah. I, I, I've seen like uh, I've seen his reactions to the Social Network like in an interview once, and he was like trying to defend himself. He was like, that's like uh he was talking about how it's it's so different to him in real life and the only thing that they did similar was the the clothing <laughs> and honest I, I believe him i believe him i feel like mark zuckerberg in real life just seems he seems like a very very different person to the way he was portrayed in the film he gives me kind yeah. of like more sunny sunny vibes like he's like a he's still sort of robotic obviously but he is definitely not as like um quick yeah and like you know very defensive mm-hmm. as jesse eisenberg's character was he's very like but did you know? yeah i think last time we were like but you know da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly really he's he's Sorry. he gives me more like um light-hearted vibes in real life um, but yeah. how do you feel about the way women are portrayed in the social network? I barely see any, except, like, the people who, like, Sean Parker brings around mm-hmm. to the place where they're all in, like, Palo Alto, mm-hmm. or, like, Christy, who is... Christy, who's crazy. Be B-word. Mm-hmm. And Erica, I mean, Erica seems fine. She just seems to be, like, the thing that like, what's it? Um, Mark asks Sean, like, do you ever think about that girl who you were trying to impress when you first made your company? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sean's like, hell no. Mm-hmm. And I think Mark's like, oh, but I do. Um, they, they keep, it feels like women are, although they're very, very, like, out of the picture in this movie, they seem like either a trophy or, like, something to um, strive for. Mm-hmm. Just through this, like, four people, four women mm-hmm. that you see. I feel like they almost serve as, like, enlightenment for the characters, at least with Erica and Christy. Mm. In Erica's case, she's, like, she's, like, in the conversations that we see her and Mark in, she makes it very obvious what Mark's character 
is and she kind of grounds us in a way whereas Christy it's very different because she's she does the opposite of grounding she's like this sort of kind of crazy force in Eduardo's life but Er. I think that also kind of makes him realize his greater dedication to Facebook and his overall prioritization of Mark Zuckerberg above all else in his life. Because in the end, he chooses Mark. uh, Yeah. um, It's so sad to, like, hear in, like, the... the, In the court... Well, not courtrooms. In the rooms where they're talking, basically, like you're my only friend I was your friend how did you do this like boy it's really sad yeah it was really sad because I was really rooting for their relationship I was really hoping um Eduardo would knock some sense into Mark and that Mark would realize Mm -hmm. that he had a good person there he had a good person um they're able to take his bs and willing to take it honestly um for the greater good or whatever um yeah but he ended up being incredibly selfish and he's not he's not a good person so i don't think there was like he's inherently not a good person so i don't think there was hope for him in the beginning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um this was just how it was gonna play out but eduardo just his character the way that he is he is kind of more trusting and like He's obviously, like, more human than Mark is. Yeah. And so he's... Imagine how it would have played out, like, because this is half, half fiction. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's just, like, you know, Aaron Sorkin was given however he wants. Like, he he was basically given characters and he was given freedom to sort of mold the dialogue and all the small scenes because it, it doesn't happen like the way that it happens mm-hmm. it's like similar with like with the crown or like those kind of things where it's you have this certain big blocks of of a timeline and you're allowed to fill in these little things but i can imagine it's so much more excruciating than it is portrayed on the screen because it's it's a short relatively short journey you're taking through as a viewer mm-hmm. but like betrayal with like a long-term friend on a longer much more deeper scale must have been very very tough Mm -hmm. so i can in that sense empathize Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i wonder what that's like that was like how it played out in real life as well um but i guess uh, the audience as a whole is kind of made to empathize with eduardo Mm -hmm. more because that's like He's the closest thing to us in a way that, like, we feel like we can relate to him. Whereas other car- characters like Sean and Mark, they're kind of, they're kind of lunatics, honestly. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, there's this thing with, like, obsession as well. Like, yeah. Mark is obsessed with Facebook and getting into the finals club, but more so getting into the finals club and, like, getting that sort of, like, um, confirmation of his success rather than actually, like, necessarily reaping material rewards other than Mm -hmm, the finals mm -hmm. club. 
Um, and Sean Parker is also obsessed with the industry and his place in it and how he's kind of viewed as almost this god by other people. You see a scene where he was with this girl and he kind of, he's very smooth with it. He's like, yeah, I found a Napster or whatever. <laughs> and so Mark is immediately enamored with this person because this is, this is yeah. who Mark wants to be. And like they they have very similar past like obviously sean parker is more is like a lot more charismatic than mark is um but their intentions are very much almost similar honestly and they kind of let their mm. um their desires overwhelm them and um kind of uh prevent them from being able to view things in a uh, how do I say this in a reasonable manner yeah sure 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 that was wonderful thank you thank you I I will just say though yeah on the other hand um Andrew Garfield's character Eduardo he doesn't have this issue you know he genuinely cares about Mark. I think he cares about Facebook too. But um, I think obviously he wants to reap the financial rewards. Like that's the whole point of this movie. But also like he's more in touch with the world and just a more likable person overall. So that mm-hmm. kind of contrast in their relationship is super interesting. And... I like the way the script plays off of that. Yeah, definitely. Wonderful script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great script. You know? Great movie, dude. Great. Really good one, I think, dude. Thanks. I think <laughs> they... I think they deserved an Oscar. You know? I think they did. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to think of... I'm sure there are a lot of things that we're missing in between that happen want to talk about the winkle losses again because i feel like we didn't really touch touch on them that much like what the winkle like what do you think about their there's a story like how do you think they serve to like show oh, more like the harvard connection yeah how do you think they sh- yeah they're like um sorry i cut you off oh no you're good how do you think they um propel or reveal stuff about Mark's character. Yeah. Um I mean the relationship with Mark and the Winklevosses in him I think just like the general you see there's like scenes where they're like um Mark is like oh my god no I can't do this like sorry guys I'm really stacked up with all my like um assignments and I've got to do all this and that and this um but he's really taking bits from their idea mm-hmm. to like um incorporate into the facebook i wouldn't i don't know i would what do you think he really i mean okay he did get you know the winkle bosses did get their share and they got like what 68 million mm-hmm. from um, suing mm-hmm. Mark, but do you think he really did steal from him? I think, I think he was inspired. 
I don't think he necessarily stole it. Because, like, like Mark said, you know, if if they wanted to invent Facebook, they would have invented Facebook, you know? But Mark was the one with the talents, you know? He wrote the code. So I think, technically, he did create it. I think it's okay to be inspired by other people, but also the way he went about it was slightly suspicious, to say the least. I think... Very sus. I think he could have included them... (laughs) In his plans to yeah. some degree. Yeah. I, I think the Winklevoss twins serve a kind of... They're obviously very privileged people. And they're in the finals club. And mm-hmm. they kind of give Mark this sort of glimpse into finals club life. And he manipulates them to... In my opinion... Maybe kind of, like, show, like, prove to himself almost that, like, he can he can do these sort of things and he can, like, take power away from people yeah. in order to propel himself. Because everything about this movie is about Mark moving himself forward, bringing himself mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. And, and dropping those he doesn't yeah, need. Exactly. And picking up new. He needs other people to fail for him to succeed. Oh, but I really wish they they touched more on his roommate who had like 5% shares. Oh my gosh, yeah. Dustin Mosco, Moskowitz. Something, that's yeah. one of him. There are a couple other ones too. Honestly, that's insane. Like imagine, imagine being at Harvard in those times and you just have... Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wild. That's wild to me. What if? How would you have ruled in um, the case between the Winklevosses and Mark Zuckerberg? Whose favor would you? I don't know. Very tough. Because they both neither are likable. So it's like. I would hand it off to my um, junior um, delegates. <laughs> Your junior <laughs> delegates. Stop. Okay. I think... Um, I think I would have to go with Mark, honestly. I think part of it is because I was, I'm was i biased from the movie. But also, yeah. like, I just don't think the Winkle... The Winklevi were smart enough, would have been smart enough to make Facebook... You know, mm-hmm. like I don't. Uh, uh. But their their whole talks about like the exclusivity that Facebook was founded upon mm-hmm. came from the Harvard connection idea, right? Um, I get their their factors that um, their factors in which um, Mark. Well, yeah, was inspired by, it, but that's where it is that's where it stops. Mm-hmm. But they have like strong grounds to like say that. Um, they were, their idea was being stolen because it was the same time that um, Facebook was coming out that he that Mark was neglecting them, and not talking to them, but producing his own website after, you know, talking to them. So like mm-hmm. it does make sense timeline wise, right. and it does. It just does match up, but mm-hmm. it isn't the yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I mean. I don't know. It's hard to form an opinion on this. I'm I'm not a lawyer. I really, <laughs> I'm, 
you know, I'm just, I'm just a teen, just a teenage girl. I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Yep. Are you, are you 18? Hmm? Are you, are you 18? Yes. Turned 18 this June. Mm-hmm. Yep. What? Did I say happy birthday to you? I don't know. It's okay. When was your birthday? June Wait, don't tell, don't. I don't tell, I don't like to tell anyone it's my birthday. I kind of like to hide it a little bit. Because it's embarrassing. No, it's fine. I really okay. don't, like, I hate... I like I don't get the expectation for people to remember other people's birthdays. Like I don't really know most people's birthdays, honestly. Mm. Other than my family members. Like sometimes I'll like most of the times when I know it's just when Snapchat <coughs> Snapchat sends me the oh, notifications. Sure. Sure. Beanstalk. Beanstalk. <laughs> beanstalk. Oh my god, you're growing a beanstalk? <gasps> exactly. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That's that's the goal of mine. This I mean, I don't like birthdays either, but it's nice to know that someone is thinking mm-hmm. of you on your day of birth. So I'm sorry. No, nay, you're you're good. But I appreciate your and accept your apology. You are forgiven. Um, but I will also take five hundred dollars cash. As <laughs> repayment. Cash. It's not doesn't really work with my current geographical <laughs> location. You'll just have to. Walk over to me. <coughs> Technically, you could walk to me, right? <laughs> Beanstalk, dude. You're, you're bean. Technically, you can. I could you can walk from Hong Kong to to Europe, right? Or drive. Bruh. That's possible. Think about it. Yeah, but England is an island. All oh, right. <laughs> I was thinking like Italy. <laughs> See, I'm not really. What do you think I am? I, I'm no one. But like, maybe there is a bridge. Well, it's like a tunnel. Who knows? I bet there's a bridge somewhere. Mm. They got trains going everywhere. I think there's a tunnel. Oh. Yeah. yeah. See. Things just work out like that. I have a couple of fun facts. Okay, why don't we why don't we talk about the ending real quick? Let's wrap let's wrap this movie up, and then I have some fun sure. facts. Okay, yeah. so basically, the uh, we kind of end on like uh, the story's kind of wrapped up. We see everything unfold, and then you have the depositions uh, concluded. And uh, both with the Winklevoss twins and Eduardo. Um, Winklevoss twins are claiming that Zuckerberg stole their idea, while Eduardo is claiming that his shares of Facebook were unfairly diluted. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. They sorry. were so unfairly diluted. No, sorry, sorry, listeners. Um,. But yeah, the the lawyer from the defense informs Zuckerberg that they will sell, they will settle with Sovereign once the details of Facebook's founding. Um, uh, since they will settle with Sovereign, 
since the details of uh, Facebook's founding and uh, Zuckerberg's attitude will make him uh, unsympathetic to a jury. And so that's that. Um, We don't really get like a full conclusion to this. No, we just get subtitles which Mm -hmm. kind of say what happened. Mm -hmm. But the ending scene is where Mark is sending a Facebook friend request to Erica. To Erica. I just noticed. I just noticed because I was... I was reading off my document. He sends... He sends a... I'm not gonna lie. Um... The ending, okay, I although it was great, and I know it's very hard to wrap up such a movie, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit, a little bit disappointed mm-hmm. at the end, because I didn't know it was coming, I was like, I was quite ready for like, some sort of final, to be fair, like the scene with Andrew Garfield was quite a final mm-hmm. one, but I was kind of ready for like a, um, like, something that feels like, feels like, a literal wrapping mm-hmm. up. That ending scene just felt like a sticker. I get that. But maybe that's what they yeah. were going for. Maybe they wanted maybe. it to be somewhat imperfect because, you know, maybe Mark doesn't necessarily deserve a bang of an ending, you know? And also just... Yeah. <laughs> it kind of goes back <laughs> to... It ties in nicely with the beginning. I don't think... I'm in love with the ending either. I think it wraps up nicely. I think maybe something else could have been done that was more like amazing, show-stopping. But who am I to say? Um, But it ties back into the beginning with Erica. It just kind of goes to show like how almost insignificant all this felt. Like it was all just for Mm. this girl. It was a fun little way to like um reference the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think it was it was fun. But like I was just like, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. But I was very interested in the fact that um Eduardo's um settlement was not disclosed to the public. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That's very interesting to me too. I honestly the guy the real life eduardo Saverin should be happy like he he should be happy with the way he's portrayed in this film because he he won like please yeah. oh my gosh i think he lives in singapore now he's like living his really? best life oh. he is wealthy um he's doing some hedge fund stuff i believe who knows Annabelle really is cool. putting on some filters right now. I'm I'm distracted <laughs> from this the the role we're on at the moment. But yeah, let's let's move. Anyway, into let me know the fun facts. Our fun facts segment. So we already dove into one of them with the casting. Um, mm. Another one is that the movie was actually not filmed at Harvard, except with the exception of one scene. And really? mm-hmm. it was mostly filmed at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland, and at two separate prep schools in Massachusetts. One is called Milton, the other is called Phillips Academy Andover. And I actually know these schools because these schools what? we play in matches. 
occasionally. I know those clothes as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's very crazy. But honestly, good for them. And, and I think it's because Harvard wouldn't give them a permit. So they had to secretly film a scene on campus. Um... Um, when Mark you know is like running through um, Harvard Square, oh, like the, the main the first, first yeah, bit. the first bit, um, and the montage. They actually had a mime, a street mime, roll a cart with lights on it um, as lighting for the scene because mimes can't talk. Oh so if someone tried to call them oh out. God. They would like have a hard time trying to communicate, and so that's that's the premise. That is very <laughs> very scheming. I know, I know. Oh my god! This makes me like this wow. makes me like David Fincher. I like his style. Yeah. Also, it's wild that he Gosh. couldn't get a permit. Honestly, because it's like, like what is he disrupting? I'm sure Harvard students would love this. You know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I just burped. Sorry to the audience. Um but my other fun fact was that um uh, the Winklevoss twins, um one of them we already talked about this, but the digital pasting with the faces. Mm. Other than that, don't have that many more fun facts. Um but there are still some I, I don't know. I always I'm always interested with like little things that go behind the scenes in a film yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so what are your final thoughts what's a rating that you're gonna give to this film i'm gonna give it i will say i really really enjoyed the movie so much more after i read about it mm-hmm. um so like before i read about it it was like a 3.5 <gasps> And then when I read about it, it was like a 4.5. Oh, Because I was just like, gosh. after I read about it. Okay. 3.5 seems a little low to me. I must uh, disagree. I think this movie is a 5. I think this is my, this is the best David Fincher movie. Hands down. I think there's a lot that goes in. Yeah, like you said, there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes that you kind of have to do a little bit of digging after that make you appreciate what happened in the film a lot more. Um, and also it's just like the backstory itself that feeds a lot into it because, you know, without knowing these characters, like how can you be like truly invested in this story necessarily, you know? Yeah. And though they're like different entities, they all play into each other. I think this is a five. I think this is a spectacular film, spectacular script. I think it is palatable to most audiences and even a 12 year old Lindsay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are themes in the film that are just very interesting to reflect on. So would recommend. Mm-hmm. Would recommend. Um, yeah, it's very enjoyable. Any good movie? Any final wrap up thoughts? Um, great color tint. That's my final thing. Color tint. Okay, I like it. I like it as well. But I will say, usually with David Fincher films, I I'm not a fan of the color. Cause I feel like okay. I don't know I I I'm more so like a a bright person you know I like I like bright coloring kind of and his his coloring is almost kind of like dull 
kind of gr greenish gray in a lot of these films. I think with this one, it worked. For other ones, it just feels super dark to me. Um, but yeah, those are my oh, thoughts. And, oh, my, actually, my, my final, final thing okay. is I like how hacking isn't dumbed down. And mm. it's actually, like, authentic. Right. And the, oh, yeah, because they, they sent the script to, like, Facebook for, like, notes. And the only thing they got back was, like, notes on, like, the the words they use for hacking or, like, how oh they my can gosh. make more realistic. I didn't know that, actually. That's so interesting. Yeah. I can't believe they sent it to Facebook. Yeah. That's so hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's amazing. Can you, audience, can you tell we're running out of steam? <laughs> it's... <laughs> I did too. Yeah, I, 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 but it was great. Mm -hmm. was it was really great though. We had a good discussion. Yeah. I, but yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, <laughs> audience. This has been a wonderful ride with y'all. This is the Two Girls One Film podcast. Catch you later. Okay. Catch you later. <laughs>